0: Whether our goals are related to our personal or professional lives, having a coach in your corner can be the difference between achieving those goals or not. Hear from the business, health, and life coaches who care about putting you on a path towards success on the Coach's Corner Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the president at Pueblo Consulting, Inc., Roberto Escalante. Roberto, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, no, great. Great to be here, Tony. Excited. Uh, uh, This is my first podcast, so I've been looking forward for uh, quite some time.
0: I'm excited for you, and especially after the conversation we had, you know, very interesting experience, and it seems like you're providing a lot of uh, wisdom to your clients through, you know, in the small business uh, realm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Again, big picture, what I do is I I show individuals how to build, uh, protect, and transfer wealth via their small business, and I mainly target the... uh, uh, entrepreneurs of color, women, and veteran-owned businesses.
0: I know you say Target, but you're really helping them. <laughs> hey, you're really looking to help,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's so much need uh, uh, of, of business support and management consulting and financial advisory services um, that, uh, you know, they're, they're always thirsting. You know, entrepreneurs, uh, they're, they're a great group because they're, they're always hungry, not, not just to um,
0: uh, find new business, but also to learn. Absolutely. And your experience really started uh, in corporate America, working for Fortune 500 companies, you know, ascending the, the corporate ladder.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I got my undergrad in the marketing and my MBA in finance. And that, that, uh, that uh, let me enter into some big doors in uh, three Fortune 500 companies, such as uh, Toys R Us, uh, McDonald's and Granger. And wow. that really gave me some really uh, uh, rounded out my business experience uh,
0: that now I can, I can share it to the small business community. Absolutely. And one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier was just how uh, in, a, in a world of 1,200 employees at one of your companies that you were like one of 12 uh, Latinos. Right. right? Or, and that even from that group, you were uh, kind of at the top of that of that food chain. Right. And, and was that a big part or a big reason to do with why you have a heart to help the minority communities? Because you didn't see the representation as you got to those uh, companies that you worked for.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though there were there were big companies, it was it was kind of lonely, you know, yeah. being one of the very few of of a Latino a professional in in those big companies. And uh, but you know, the companies were great for as as learning platforms. I l- learned quite a lot. I moved through all the different functional areas. I worked in multiple industries, and that really gave me the agility to to move and and and, and not have uh, uh, borders on on what I could do. And at some point, I said, you know what? I have all this great experience and education. I would really like to share that, and uh, it ended up... Uh, the
0: market was the uh, uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs. It was really interesting to hear about kind of the the place that you were in, given that you were living on the north side of the city, you said you were a part of the gentrification of the north side of the city, and, and feel really connected to that sense of community and just diversity, right? But mm-hmm. as you were going up there and people would ask you, like, how can you make an hour and a half commute to go up there? And it's because you really have a heart for your community. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, my, my, my uh, family is from Mexico, from San Luis Potosí. They immigrated in the mid-1950s via the Braceros program. Uh, my dad worked for Los Fer- uh, Ferrocarriles Nacionales de Mexico. And he came to the United States and Chicagoland specifically. And worked for the uh, Rock, I- Rock Island Railroad as a as an engine mechanic. Wow! And
0: where did you fit in that whole picture?
1: Oh my God! <laughs> you know, uh, you know, people, you know, they sometimes uh, uh, make fun of when you say, "Oh, you know who who are who are the biggest influences in your life and all that." And and it always has to be my parents. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I came from a family of twelve, and wow. uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and some was about to see they they already had eight kids so a total of ten already and uh, yeah
0: <laughs> Wait, they made the move
1: already they, having they, eight yeah kids? yeah to, yeah eight kids already and uh, they made the move he, you know my dad uh, you know he he didn't have much education but he more than made up in it via his pioneering spirit and his vision of and coming his work to ethic. The, yeah and work ethic and the same with my mother as well uh, Pablo and uh, Celerina. And, uh, yeah, so y- y- you you th- you would think eight is enough, right? And maybe I can make a show about that. Uh, but uh, uh, they decided to have another four, uh, wow. which luckily they did because I was one of those four. Wow. And uh, so we ended up with uh, yeah, 12 kids, seven brothers,
0: four sisters. And what was that like growing up? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. honestly, because even as a first-generation American, having been born here, yeah. it's one thing to have, to be the oldest and, you know, everybody else follows... Was born here, but you yeah. almost had like you had a bunch of older parents or you know older brothers, sisters who yeah could be like, yeah yeah luckily babies. yeah my uh, a number
1: of uh, older sisters actually were kind of taking care of me because, yeah, uh, yeah you know my my mother you know God bless her in heaven and all that mm. um, you know she did a hell of a job of of, of managing uh, twelve but uh, it was it was definitely a handful but luckily uh, some older sisters <laughs> uh, helped out in that situation and uh, now we actually I grew up. Um, with a happy childhood.
0: It seems like they needed some uh, you know leadership and management skills back <laughs> in the day that you probably picked up on and transfer into, you know, how the way you treat people and the way that you uh, interact with teams and I'm sure a yeah. lot, lot we can dive into that more psychologically. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, right? yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm still seeing my therapist about <laughs> that thing. You know, just getting on that.
0: But you know, moving forward to what you've been doing. So fifteen years now with Weblo Consulting, right? Yes. Congratulations, first of all. I mean, the, yeah. the, the trials and tribulations of making it to fifteen years yeah. is an accomplishment in and of itself, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 uh, one of the things that I, in my career there there was never really a roadmap. Uh, what really drove me was uh, was interest in, in learning. You know, if I saw something that wow, you know, I don't know much about that. I think I'm going to move over there to learn as much as I can. And uh, that's how my journey and my career went. And it was never paved, it was just, you know, moving forward. You hit a branch, you know, a fork in a road, you know, should I go right or left? And, you know, I don't go left this time. And, and, but the, the key thing is just move, move forward.
0: And, you, and move forward, you did, because uh, it seems like you had a lot of questions from people going, you have this cush job, you know, you're living this life, and you're going to leave that all behind? Uh yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I was, I was working in the the brand new world headquarters of Granger up in Lake Forest and uh, I was there for about seven years in their corporate finance group and things were going really well. There was no no on on a professional career side, nothing that really told me I needed to make a change. It was just internally right. hey, this wasn't my thing anymore. And also at that point it's like, you know, if I don't leave corporate now, I never will. And uh so yeah, let's just uh Jump the ship and like Hernan Cortez, you know, go to the coast, <laughs> burn the ships, and
0: you know, move forward. And, and like I said, move forward. You you really have now. You're focusing a lot in the construction space. So was it just a natural fit, as you love Granger, that you kind of w- were involved in that community. Uh, yeah, no, uh, you know I, I work in all industries,
1: and uh, initially when I launched the business, I ended up um, meeting with uh, the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. At that point, they just changed from the Mexican American Chamber of Commerce to the Illinois uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, and uh, it was the the change was made by Juan Ochoa, then then the CEO. Um, so they were evolving into a higher level of an organization, and I met with them. And they kind of pulled me in uh, to their organization that says, no, there's a, there's a great need for your type of assistance. Uh, come join us, and uh, let's work together and, and really help out the community.
0: And one of the things you'd also mention, which is how even in given what you do, not, not that we don't want to call it competition, but... You know, you really don't have a lot of competition because there's not a lot of people in, in the Hispanic community doing what you do, right?
1: Yeah, no, there isn't. And, and, and it's just not a Hispanic thing. It's just in all communities. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, there, you, you'll, not to tune my horn, but I guess I will tune my horn. <laughs> you know, I bring, uh, again, over 30 years of experience. Uh, you know, I've been in supply chain, marketing, self-service, international business development. And with my, you know, undergrad and MBA, you know, I, I bring quite a bit of knowledge. And, uh Even in in the non-Latino communities, I really don't see anybody doing what I do.
0: And from the, the, I guess, the the two sides of what you do, being that on one end, consulting and and providing businesses a a real value in that and and addressing or overcoming some of those challenges they're facing. But it's also, it seems, it's taken on, and given the context of the podcast here, a a coaching role where you're really coaching executive leadership in terms of not only the business side of things in that consulting, but also mindset. and, And that experience, again, that you bring of 30 years just comes with wisdom.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I work directly with the CEOs of the small businesses, and uh, usually uh, the, my clients range in revenue between a million to thirty million. And I really have to tell them, you know, you, you, you're very successful. Uh, most small businesses don't grow over a million in revenue. Probably maybe five to seven and a half percent. Oh wow! So you you know, and, and they're not, yeah, and then they're not really aware of that. And I'm like, you, you shouldn't really need, need to feel accomplished because you're, you're basically at the top of the pyramid Wow! Uh, in terms of uh, entrepreneurship. And, and they're really surprised with that. And, uh, and I, I tell them there's, there's two reasons why most small businesses don't grow at over a million, and it's, I call it the two Cs. One is uh, capital, and the other one is just complexity. You know, you really need a lot of bandwidth to run uh, an organization uh, plus million
0: in revenue. Ex- expand a little bit on the complexity aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, again,
1: uh, entrepreneurs start um, with, uh, in launching their business with a, you know, specific, couple of specific skill sets, you know. I've got a number of engineering firms, you know, they have their experience in engineering and, you know, they they know everything uh, about engineering, but about running a business, you know, how to market themselves, finance and accounting, uh, risk management, you know, getting access to capital. They have very little knowledge of that. So uh, I'm there to kind of, uh, not just myself, but I got a network of about 45, 50 business partners uh, that I bring in when we need the additional help. So I got a network of attorneys, bankers, insurance brokers, uh, marketing consultants, IT consultants, HR consultants, and bring them in whenever I need additional help for the uh, business owner.
0: Wow. I Matt, mean, it's, uh, it's invaluable. And from that discovery piece that we had talked about earlier where, you know, obviously a big part of what you do is getting to know each Person, but their, their mm-hmm. you know, their case. Um, how, or how do you overcome that challenge of one? People need, you know, believing or knowing that they need you. First of all, right? Because that seems like if there's not a lot of you, then how does one know to hire you, right? How do you overcome that challenge of, uh, of that learning curve of saying this is what I do and here's how I can.
1: Yeah. Well. Well. Usually, uh, and and this is this is why I kind of chose a parameter about a million to thirty million, especially if they're a single business owner. And again, I know the complexity and uh, yeah, they're, you know, they don't show it, but they're, they're kind of drowning, right? They got, they got all this moving parts and things like, you know, one day HR, you want to say, you know, I got to be working with the banker and all. so they're drowning. So I talked to them and I'm like a lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> Phone a friend. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh my God, I need your help. You know, it, it's not, it's not, do I really need a, a, a Pueblo consulting? It's like, Yes. Yes, you're the person I've been looking for to help me deal with the complexity. And, and again, you know I can handle certain areas, but if I need additional help in HR, risk management something, I got in my network, uh, they have about like 15 to 30 years experience in those areas. so I got subject matter experts that I can call on any time of the day.
0: You know, for me, one of the things is seeing a mess, right, of uh, the clean, like physically clean something and yeah. get overwhelmed. You're like, man, I don't even know where to start. Right. Right. And it seems like that's kind of the, the situation playing out in my head from a business owner's perspective of you don't know what you don't know. But sometimes it can be debilitating in that you don't know where to start. Right.
1: Right. Right. And, and uh, so so again, I go in there and I go by the 2080 rule and the 2080 rule is basically 20% of something is causing 80% of something else right so sure, sure. so say you have a client list you got uh, 20 clients uh, use the 2080 rule probably four or five of those clients are generating 80% of your revenue yep. right yep. so again that's how you need to focus in on your business so when you look at things you know you're always going to have a priority list of 100 things if you're a small business owner but again what is that 2080 what are those top things you really need to stay on and focus on in order
0: to grow your business or even keep it sustainable. Absolutely. Now, uh, talking to uh, the audience in the sense from those who aren't quite there yet at that million-dollar mark, but anticipate being there or working mm-hmm. towards it, and you know, let's just say it's inevitable they're going to get there. Right. What advice would you give so that they're not drowning by the time they get to you that, you know, I'm sure that comes with calling you first, right? But, right. but just steps to take that to be aware of. So yeah. they don't fall into those pitfalls. Yeah.
1: Well, the first thing I, I tell people with ideas from from just the initial launch stage, do a business plan. A lot of people don't want to do a business plan. They think it's over. They've never done it. It's kind of a scary thing, right? It's it's. Uh, I heard of this thing. I don't know what it really is. And I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but it really goes through your, your whole business. And and uh shows is, is this something that's really going to succeed yeah. and 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 it's my feeling that probably the biggest reason of of such a there's a high railer uh failure rate of small business because people don't do a business plan mm-hmm. so that's the first thing okay and again depending on what stage the business is you know one or two years uh if you're already you, you passed the year two-year mark Um, There's a lot of great training programs out there by a lot of the community-based organizations. You got HACIA, they do a lot of great uh, uh, training uh, programs for small businesses. I teach a couple of uh, sessions on cash management and how to be bankable. But there's a whole host of other uh, training sessions for not only the members, but also other small business owners that again, if you feel you're weak in a skill set, take one of these training classes.
0: Amazing. And for you, what is the your company, Pueblo, how, how do you see that evolving or how has it evolved uh, over the years to accommodate uh, the needs of your, uh, you know, eclectic client mix? <laughs> yeah, um, it's evolved
1: in that. Uh, again, I, I'm, I think I'm a little more focused. And uh, and actually now, uh, one of the challenging things with, you know, post-COVID is um, I can basically do my work anywhere. Yeah. Uh, all I need is my laptop cell phone and good internet connection and i can work uh anywhere so now it's kind of expanded my opportunities for clients yeah uh, you know my main focus was just in chicagoland just because there's just so many small businesses here i really didn't need or don't need to go elsewhere but now uh you know now we got virtual offices <laughs> right you know i got zoom I, you know i can uh, again i can work anywhere and i've done it with a few clients i had one from detroit that uh, they asked me to create a financial model because they were merging with a business. And I thought I would have to fly out there. But we did everything virtually via uh, video, video uh, calls and then uh, using uh, the cloud uh, to share data. And, and that was a great learning experience because now, well, the good thing is, yeah, okay, now I can pretty much have any client in the United States. Uh, but the bad thing is capacity. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. Uh, so again, I I still think my main focus is in Chicagoland because there are just so many uh, opportunities here.
0: But you bring up a great point, which is the how things have changed remotely for yeah. you know, not only yourself, but obviously you so, know, the world. The world, yeah. but also your clients, right? Yeah. How yeah. how much of that have you had to incorporate into now uh, your consulting and coaching as a result of? Just a new way of life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things. One of I feel one of my values and one of the things I did prior to COVID was I wanted the one-on-one meetings. I wanted the the the, the face meetings. And actually, one of the big reasons is is you know we mentioned the coach part. I want to see how my business owner is doing. They're under a lot of stress, you know, uh, headaches and all that. And so I I need to visually f- see them. And if, if I see they're not doing well, I'm like, all right, we got to change some things here, you know, and, and it's from simple things like, hey, when you're feeling really stressed, just take a break. You're yeah. downtown, go for a walk on the Riverwalk, right? And, and just refresh yourself. <laughs> and the other thing is, is taking time off. Uh, uh, you need to re-energize. Oh, but, you know, I have these things. I got these bids due. I got this. I'm like, you need to block the time off. Block future time off. Just block it out on your calendar and just go away for the weekend uh, for a week, you know, you need to refresh yourself. I, I tell them running a business, uh, it's a marathon. Yeah. Okay. You, you got to last. And your uh, both your physical and mental health needs to be there for the long run.
0: And what I'm hearing is you're telling your clients to make themselves a priority. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're they prioritizing to. everything else and they forget about themselves. Absolutely.
1: And they for, they forget about just going away. How that re energizes you when you come back and you can go for the next whatever And re-engage, time. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: It almost seems like you're giving them permission to do so, right? Because they like <laughs> without being told so, it almost seems like it's not the right thing to do. Right. Is, right. Like, if your coach isn't telling you, then, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I sometimes tell them, you know, all right, tack on a couple days. And again, you know, working remotely is now a natural thing, right? Yeah. So they can just, okay, tack on a couple days. You can land where you're at, right? Maybe work, you know, uh, virtually, uh, but then relax the the rest of the days, and and you're always connected. You know, tell them, okay, if it's a real, real, real emergency, call me.
0: If not, <laughs> handle it. Break in case of emergency, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next for you, personally, professionally? You know, what's the horizon? What's the the, the vision?
1: Um, actually, I'm starting to. I think, I think I'm looking to go into teaching. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been asked a couple people. Uh, well organizations to possibly be an instructor. And actually, that was always kind of on my radar. Actually, one of the things big on my radar was to do a Ph.D. and become a professor at a university. What would the Ph.D. be in? Business. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because probably you, the same with me, is uh, we didn't have any Latino professors in my undergrad and master's program. Other than if you took a Spanish class, uh, there was no Latino professors to be in science. So true. So so that was one of my big incentives of wanting to be a, a professor uh, in, in a university. But uh, I think at this stage, I think I'm going to have to hold that off to, the, to my next
0: life. <laughs> Well, no matter what, I mean, one of the things I love hearing is just how when you see a need for something you, and, and you feel like you can really contribute, you go after it. Right? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It's very encouraging encouraging, and you know, exciting also to, to be able to watch that progress in the future and see how it unfolds for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, because at this stage, it's, it's not about money. It's about giving back. And and, and But again, uh, you know, to be a little selfish, it's a personal satisfaction. You know, when you have a business owner, get a brand new loan. When you do their, you know, financial analysis and that, they ended up merging with another business. When you hear them giving, hey, you know, we got this deal done, you know, we got what we wanted, you know, thanks for, you know, we wouldn't have been able to get it done if we didn't have your help.
0: Absolutely. Well, on that note, if you're out there listening and you're a business owner and want to tap into that success that Roberto's helped other business owners find, you can do so by reaching out to him directly on the form. He'll get that in his inbox. But Roberto, thank you for coming in, sharing your story, but also you know, for the help that you're providing a lot of uh, business owners out there in Chicagoland and beyond. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: Thanks. Yeah, no, it's again, it's a personal satisfaction thing at this point and uh, appreciate you, Tony. Uh, I think what you're doing here uh, is is great for um, not only yourself, your business, but also the community as well.